Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Genderful would like to acknowledge the indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests live and have dwelt upon. Today, we honor the Coast Salish, Siwi, and Santi lands. We honor the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands and celebrate the living descendants of these peoples. May all beings tend these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond. Content warnings for this episode include transphobia, mental health discussions, dysphoria, feeling disconnected from one's body, and mentions of COVID-19. Hi, everyone. I'm Gender Master. I use they, them pronouns. I'm going to let my co-host and then my guest introduce themselves. My name is Alice Phoenix, and I use they, them pronouns. I'm Phelan, and I also use they, them pronouns. What do you look at that? Is that like, what do you call that? Like a dice? Is that like, what is it? Like a natural <laughs> Double sixes? A natural 20? <laughs> it sounds like a fair hand. Three of a kind. I like that. I, ha- I have the strength. A royal, a royal flush. <laughs> a royal flush. I- I'm going to write that down. They pronoun hat trick. <laughs> I mean, no, no, you got to be they. It's going to be they. I'm going to write that song. <laughs> I'm going to write it right now while you're talking. Oh, no. It's um, got to be them. <laughs> it's got to be them. Yes. Okay. Anyway, onward. <laughs> So this is the first time that Atlas and I are hosting together. You've heard me host a lot. You've heard Atlas host a few times. Sometimes. But now you get you get like all the of doublement us. twins. That's what happens when you when you put the two of us together. Just a in couple a Zoom of, room. of prancing non-binary beings. As we prance gaily forward, of course. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ransom, so, I love that. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great phrase. I also love it very much. Melody I, appreciates I also, that we're both wearing plaid. <laughs> you know, we, we we called each other. What are you wearing? I'm wearing this. Show me, show me a picture. Okay. That like, didn't really happen, but it looks like it did. <laughs> it totally did. It does. Yeah. I'd like to congratulate all of us on wearing blue. <laughs> yes, that's right. Blue is blue is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful, in fact. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> so clearly this is a very pun-friendly space. Yes, drop your puns in chat, please. Thank you. <laughs> so, so yeah, first of all, before we get rolling too hard on the interview itself, I would like to acknowledge it's Indigenous Peoples Day. If you yes. type land in the chat or look in the show notes, you can find this super cool website called native-land.ca. And you can actually go figure out what what indigenous lands you might possibly be occupying. Also, especially in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day, this is a great day to go pay your rent to the indigenous peoples on whose land you live on. For example, in Seattle, they have a website called Real Rent Duwamish, and you can give the Duwamish tribe money. You can do it monthly. You can do a one-time donation, whatever. So uh. I just want to invite everyone to take a minute to maybe go look up what what tribes or bands live in your area 
And if there's any way that you can give them money today or any day, really. But there's just a special impetus because it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Some people like to celebrate the colonizer holiday, which is Columbus Day. But heck, Columbus. I have stronger words, but they're not YouTube safe. So we're just going to go with heck, Columbus. <laughs> Wait, it's Columbus Day? I forgot yeah. about that. That's, that's convenient. That's, that's why a bunch of people have the day off. with People with nine to five bank holiday observing jobs. Is so, it yes, really Columbus also, Day? It is. It's also Canadian Thanksgiving. So anyways, so, but, you know, we're, we're just, the indigenous people are reclaiming Columbus Day. Yes. They're decolonizing the colonizer holidays. So it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Wonderful. Nice. It's a great day to give indigenous people your money. (laughs) Go do it right now. If you are indigenous, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. You don't owe anybody any money. We should just forgive all your debts. (laughs) That's my opinion. Okay. Anyways, back to the show. (laughs) So, yeah. Yay. (laughs) All the things. So, Phelan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for rescheduling from last week. It was such a cacophony of life happening. Primarily, my wife's surgery got moved up a week, and so my whole plan about people covering for me while she was recovering from surgery got totally messed up. Ooh. How is she doing? That. She's doing well. She's doing really well, actually. Today's our second wedding anniversary, so happy anniversary. Congratulations! Happy anniversary! Yeah. All right. Um, Love. She's... At this very moment, she's soccer momming. She's driving our our youngest to dance practice. So we're, we're going to go see a film after the show tonight as our celebration. It'll be cute. Fantastic. So that's why I was available to host the show today. Originally, it was just going to be Atlas, but then life mm-hmm. happened some more. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, here we are. it's good. It's wonderful. All right. So do you want to ask the first ask... question? I was going to ask you, but okay. All right. Okay. Phelan, this is question number one. Are you ready? <laughs> I it sure is. hope this is not a quiz. <laughs> it is actually, but don't, don't oh, worry no. about it. <laughs> you it's know this answer. Book. It's, open, it's book. open book. You know this answer. <laughs> what can you tell us about queer to help? See? Yeah, that's great. Um, there you go. All right. So if you're not familiar, queer to help is my YouTube channel. And the aim of that channel is now to investigate the different uh, political issues and like controversies and things that affect the queer community. But that wasn't really how it started really at all. Originally, the idea was to look at how different MPOs and NGOs were serving our community to help address various issues that the community is facing. All right. Where are you located, like, generally? Are you in the States? Are you in Canada? How are you? I am in Japan. You're in Japan. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. And would you like to uh, to talk more about what it started as and how it evolved into what it is now? Sure. So in order to do that, I'm going to talk about why I'm in Japan. Okay. Sounds great. As we, yeah, as we all know, March 2020 was a big time for a lot of us. My partner and I were living in California and I was working on my second master's then. Mm-hmm. And we were suddenly informed that we needed to evacuate campus. We were not allowed to live on campus anymore um, because they were worried about how the pandemic would affect student life and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So we basically fled back to his hometown here in Japan of Kikuma. It's a very small 
town in rural Ehime on one of the smaller, the four main islands. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty isolating, honestly, not that we weren't all isolated during the pandemic and the lockdown and all that, but right. more isolating because while I am communicative in Japanese, I am not sure that I would say that I'm fluent. And so even under the best of circumstances, it can be pretty difficult making friends and stuff here and connecting to the community, like the LGBTQ plus community is really, really hard, even in cities, let alone out here where I am. So I started the channel really hoping to connect with the community and like talk to people about things I was still adjusting to experiencing because I came out as non-binary in October, 2019. Yeah. So I guess it's been about three years. Yeah. Congratulations. So I, yeah. So it was a real real struggle, especially the first year, adjusting to what that might mean for me and unlearning and relearning things. And yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Like whatever you'd like to share. Yeah. So this is going to sound maybe a little out there, but I realized that I was non-binary while reading a syllabus for a class. There was a section in one of our syllabi that said, like, this class is, like, prioritizing using affirming language. And so we need to use the names and pronouns that are appropriate for you. And if these change at any point in time, please let the professor know. And something about reading that clicked something on in my brain. And I was like, ah, I don't have to be she, her. Mm-hmm. Wow. And within like 24 hours of that, I was like, oh no, they, them fits better. That's it. Like, Mm -hmm. and I quickly started transitioning from there. And initially that involved a phase of getting rid of everything feminine for -hmm. some reason. And (laughs) I don't think that that needs to be part of everyone's journey. I'm not even a hundred percent sure that it it needed to be part of mine, but it felt like the most natural thing to do at that time and the most comfortable thing to do. So yeah, yeah, I got rid of all of my bras Mm -hmm. and replaced them with like sports bras. I bought a binder, which was Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable, not a good fit for me personally. Mm -hmm. And and longevity wise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was that was its own struggle, like the internal stuff too, trying to figure out to what extent I wanted to be open about that, talking to people about it, actually transitioning my pronouns in an academic setting and not being sure what that would look like or how people might respond to it. And yeah, it was, I, I was also just not very confident in it when I first started. Okay. I, I didn't see it modeled around me really at all. And so I told people that I was transitioning and that I would start using they, them pronouns. And I said something like, it doesn't need to be all at once. Like we'll get used to using they, them pronouns and found that that was actually a huge mistake because what people interpreted that to mean was that I wasn't very serious about changing my pronouns. And so they just used she, her as they wanted rather than moving to what I wanted them to use. Mm -hmm. So it's a misunderstanding of what the expectations were. 
I thought what I was communicating was I want to be patient and like give you the space to learn how to do this because I'm also new to these pronouns and that's not how people received it. I understand. Yes. Okay. All right. That's a beautiful experience. It seems like you you had a, a good bit a good bit of like highs, but definitely some lows, and uh, that's powerful. So congratulations on making that decision for yourself. Thank you for clarifying what your needs are. That's that's very that must be empowering for you, and so that's that's fantastic. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I was like I was pretty fortunate too. I was attending a liberal arts university, and so there were some non-binary people around that I was able to check in with after kind of finding this about myself. And especially because I was applying for PhDs around that time, I did not know how to go into that process as a non-binary person. I wasn't really sure how people would react to that because academia can be a pretty conservative space. That's right. Yeah. So I went on to one of our university groups and asked about whether we had any non-binary professors within the university and a fellow non-binary student actually. And this was great of them to do. They asked why I was asking because they were concerned about the well-being of those professors and like be- them being outed in such a public forum. And at that point, I had not, I did not have the awareness that I have now and didn't really think about that as a problem. Okay. So I appreciated their insight on it. They did get me connected to professors who could support me as I like started the like interview process and all of that and yeah I was I was so lucky to be able to talk to them congratulations that's awesome yeah they both of the professors I talked to were very much like be yourself okay like don't (laughs) I get that you are worried about being in this space and it being conservative but you need to remember that PhD programs are as much about you like Mm -hmm enjoying the experience and you being there so you can learn as it is you adjusting to what being an academic is That's great. and yeah that was so helpful because I was really nervous about like what if I wear the wrong clothes or people interpret my presentation this way or that way mm-hmm. and having that feedback from people that were already in that space was so helpful that's fantastic. What would you say for you that we'll move on to the next thing here? What would you say was a moment where it was empowering, but you never expected that moment to be empowering and it just lifted you? Hmm. I. We can circle back if you need time to think about it. Yeah, I may. I mean, it takes me a second to like, especially with emotional things for me to like work through it. So yeah. I might need to come back to that. Okay. Sorry. No, no, don't be, don't apologize. Don't you, don't you dare apologize. Okay. (laughs) I will certainly do it repeatedly. I am also sorry about that. Okay. As long as we clear all the sorries now, we're good. We're good. Okay. Jenner, do you have any questions you would like to ask? Move forward to? Oh, I just want to say that emotional processing being delayed is a big mood and very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just finished therapy. I no longer go to therapy. And I graduated from DBT and trauma therapy and regular talk therapy in the past two years. And I still haven't adjusted to that. It's weird. Mondays and Tuesdays are open now. So 
<laughs> I just drink, I drink an extra cup of coffee for those hours. So that's, fine. I guess that's coffee, how I'm celebrating. Therapy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not real medical advice. Please go to actual therapy if you need disclaimer, it. Disclaimer, disclaimer, <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't you, don't you go out and get a whole big bags of beans and make your coffee unless that's what you do. This is what I do. But that's yes. what I do. Thank yes. you, Pumpkachu, for contributing. Nice. Oh my Pikachu, gosh. Right? Pumpkachu. Pumpkin Pumpkachu. Pumpkachu. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get them all. Yes. Gotta get them so, all. It's Halloween. So cute. So cute. Phelan, can you can you point to anything in your like youth that indicated you might be trans or gender diverse in the future? Like, were you like a girly girl or like some oh other gosh. flavor of of adventure? I don't know. I'm curious. I have thought about this question so much in preparation for this. I actually talked to my dad about it this weekend because I don't, I wasn't, okay. As a very little kid, I was a girly girl, but I'm not sure if that was something that was put on me or something that I was doing autonomously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as an elementary schooler up until high school, I was not good at conforming to those expectations of like what a girly girl was and like what I should be wearing and all of that. And I think really my relationship to my gender is most obvious in my relationship to my hair. Okay. Um, As a a kid, my mom loved doing our hair. I was one of three daughters And she loved, like, she treated us like dolls a lot of the time. And I did not enjoy that experience. But when she did do that, I let her do it because she enjoyed it. But I would make faces in the mirror (laughs) rather than, like, being present in that experience. Mm -hmm. And I would get reprimanded for, like, not ladylike behavior when I would Mm -hmm. do that. And that's honestly the most formative gender experience I could share. (laughs) wow and then now how do you identify besides non-binary that we talked a little bit about this before we went on so i would say that i identify as trans mask femme which i don't know if anyone uses that but internally i feel more someone uses it yeah you're somebody you use it somebody uses it question answered (laughs) (laughs) surprise i'm a person it does all the wonderful things we learn the best kind (laughs) yeah but for me what it means is more like internally or relationally i feel more masculine but i like to present in a way that's maybe more conventionally feminine like i still love makeup. It took me a while to accept that I could be non-binary and not have to worry about whether I fall into any categories with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So honestly, at some point, I just stopped worrying about it. I use non-binary more broadly just because it's not worth the mental energy right now to get any more into the micro labels for me personally. No, I understand that. That makes a whole lot of sense. I identify as transmasculine and non-binary, but you know, I went through the same thing that you went through. I came out and started transitioning last year. And so I threw out 75% of my wardrobe. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I threw out 75% of my wardrobe and replaced that with 95% of Dapper Boy clothing. And so the dream. 
Yes, yes. Sharice and Becky get a lot of my money and I've actually made a commercial for them. So, yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I understand like the throwing away of things. And I had a binder as well. And then I just recently had top surgery almost a year ago now. I can't even believe yes. that. I haven't even celebrated that really. I'm just like, what happened? Where are they? And so I'll that's kind of- it for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I actually, I got my nipples covered with unicorns oh, instead of having so them much. like natural. And you've Love seen that. those, haven't you, Gender? Yeah, you've, yes. Alice, you've yes. texted me pictures of your not nipples. <laughs> my not nipples, yes. My my uninipples. <laughs> I, I love the uninipples. They're very good. Well, do you want to ask the next question there, Gender? No. Or did you, did you finish it? <laughs> I'm... I'm honestly, I'm, I'm fighting with the overlay because the captions are borked. So please continue to ask questions and I'm going to continue to try to make the scene look better so we can both see our guest and read the words that are coming out of their mouth. I will move on to the next question Thank right now since you are dealing with closed captioning. Yes. Let's see here. We have queer to queer to help some more questions. Okay, here we go. I'm still new at this gig. <laughs> what have you learned by creating content on the LGBTQIA2 plus community? There you go. Yeah, so much about the community and myself. <laughs> Just so much. So much. Um, you want to elaborate there? Yeah, yes, I, I do. Okay. Um, Very good. I just wanted to prefer, preface it by saying that I've learned so, so much about the community itself. I started creating content as a way to connect to the community from a position where I had not really interacted with that many queer people in like real life. I had in other contexts, but like never as somebody that recognized themselves as a like queer person. Um, I had issues in the past as somebody who was like a bisexual woman at one point one of my friends told me that I shouldn't like do anything with the queer community because nobody needed to hear from bisexual like another bisexual white woman and so well, I didn't yeah yeah now were, I know were they now. in the community were they in the community or were no. they out <laughs> nope oh they were gay yeah. from across the street okay good <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't feel like I had room to be in that space until after coming out as non-binary. And then at that point, we were in lockdown and it was hard for me to connect with the community. So that's why I started the channel. The thing about being part of the queer community suddenly is you just don't know so much stuff. Like there are just so many things you don't know. Yeah, and yeah. so the way I handled some of the topics early on I don't know that I would do that now. And part of it came from a like defensive stance where I had spent so much of my life being questioned as a bisexual person. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt really conflicted coming out as a non-binary person and having people tell me like bisexual means that you're attracted to men and women. So where does that even put you? And so I dealt with those topics in a way that I was not prepared to do. Yeah. I was like, I don't feel comfortable identifying as bisexual now because this is the feedback I'm getting. Not that I think that no one should be able to identify that way, more just that because of all the feedback I was getting, I felt really insecure in that identity where now I don't feel like it 
should have weighed on me at all to have people comment that like bisexuality is this and pansexuality is this and you can't be bisexual and be non-binary or like accept non-binary people because that's just not true no and i want everyone (laughs) to know that that's not true (laughs) you Mm -hmm. can identify as bisexual and non-binary the history behind bisexual is not at all exclusionary and Mm -hmm. we need to stop preaching that it is like that's uh, uh, that's it's just not acceptable it's It's outrageous yes and it's unacceptable yes at the bottom of that absolutely Um, do you moderate comments on your channel yes and i felt so conflicted about that for such a long time early on so First of all, it's a, I see the comment section as a space of learning. And so I wanted people to be able to ask their questions and like engage with that in an authentic way. And I've seen how other people got a lot of really negative feedback for their moderation of comments and how people saw that as them like not opening space for people to communicate their ideas. And mm-hmm. I wanted people to feel safe, like asking questions if they were appropriate you know yeah because i came from a space in a community where i couldn't talk about these topics or didn't have anyone to talk about them with and so i wanted to create that space but people come in the comments and they say like really inappropriate things or say things that are harmful to people mm-hmm. and i don't really want to foster that environment and it's not healthy for me really either So I ultimately decided that there are circumstances where it is appropriate to delete the comments. Like if it is harmful to me or the community, Mm -hmm. it's different if it's legitimate feedback, if I've made a mistake or the way I represented something was not well-informed or not appropriate. I leave that Mm -hmm. up because people should know the corrections or should be aware of like different areas of discourse. Mm -hmm. Right. I, for people coming in and like talking about how I'm going to regret wearing makeup someday. I don't, I don't know. Like that's Mm. not, nobody needs that comment. Thanks though. Do you have help or a co-moderator for these? No, I do everything by myself, which is why it takes so, so long to do anything. Have you asked if people could help you or, or do you just want to do it yourself? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I I would love to if I had an answer. Basically, I just feel like I'm too small to ask for help still. Can you elaborate? So when I first, obviously when I first started, I had zero subscribers. When I started doing a job on top of YouTube here Mm -hmm. in Japan, my time obviously got sucked up in the actual, like in real life job that Mm -hmm. I was doing. And it was during that time that I started like really growing. It was actually around the first pride month that I got over like 500 or something subscribers and then eventually over a thousand. And congratulations. Thank you. I haven't been able to really focus, focus on it until like literally 10 days ago. Okay. And I don't even know where I would go to ask for help. (laughs) So I okay. just been feeling kind of stuck. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I I love the idea of having help and I want to grow into that at some point. I just mm-hmm. don't know how to go about that. 
Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I do have another question for you. Do you ever go live or do you just do (laughs) pre-recorded? This is my first time doing anything live. Yeah. I've been super nervous about it. And even with like video initially, it was super scary to see or like the people could see how I am as a person, how I exist. Mm-hmm. because like a picture is so easy, right? You can yeah. stage it and it's an instant and then it's over. And that's like, you can curate it. Everything's great. And it's so much harder to do that with video it's- that it was really intimidating for me to start a channel to begin with yeah. because gotcha. I just didn't know if I could do that. And now mm-hmm. here we are doing live things and even less control involved here. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. exciting and also very scary. Yeah. 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 That's, that sounds like a great place to be. <laughs> and Jada, you had some follow-up questions. Yeah. I, you know, mostly I just have encouragement for you, Phelan. Like, so I started this channel two years ago on Twitch, a little over two years ago now. And it was like me and my best friend. <laughs> and so mostly I was streaming and my one friend would watch and we'd like hang out and talk and whatever. And as time went on, like folks started sticking around and being regulars and what have you. And so, you know, I have the the benefit of not only having a channel where I can be live, but I have a Discord server. And so people would join the Discord and hang out. So then I could actually get a hold of viewers, audience members, whomever, like after the show, if I wanted to talk to them or whatever. And so like over the last couple of years, there's been all of this, like getting to know each other and friendship building and what have you, that's been really lovely and wonderful. And like, I got to a point where I was just honest with my audience. I was like, look, like I'm doing this streaming content, creating stuff full time. I'm exhausted. I'm sleeping four hours a night because there's so much to get done. Just, just the startup, like getting all of your devices installed, like getting the, the Discord server configured well enough so that it's like got all the accessibility and security features that we want in addition to like all of the different types of fun community spaces and all the role menus and all of it. It was just like so many things. And that same mm. best friend, that friend's name is Mirami. You've probably seen her around. Mirami like was helping as best they could, but also like she has a, a a job that she does that's not this. And so, you know, yeah. there's only so much time that other people can give. But as time has gone on and I did a big like if you go look in my highlights, I have like a 24 minute video where I talk about how grateful I am for all the help I've received from the community. And like, you know, I don't I don't have a huge community. Right. But the people that do show up really value the space that we curate mm. collectively. And I wonder if it's possible that there are folks that really love your channel and the content that you make that they want to help out, not because you have thousands and thousands of people, but because like they believe in what you're doing. Like you really, you really just need a little squad of people who are passionate Mm -hmm. about what you're doing, who want to support you in that process. You know, I'll add that I've, I've put pieces in place that as the channel grows and as the income grows, everyone makes more money. Like Mm -mm. we've got our mod appreciation day that happens every month that's coming up this Thursday and you know, they get tips and the tips are split evenly amongst the mods and the other like people who contribute to the show. And so, or the shows rather, we have multiple, but you know, I've, I have just tried my very best to just be humble and honest about my needs with my community. I'm not trying to be this mega polished, like 
professional, I have my shit together person on the internet. There, I did our one cuss. There it was. I, I took it. <laughs> I took the cuss. But, you know, just just being upfront about where I'm at, like spoon-wise and all of it, mm. you know, being honest about I'm disabled, I have chronic pain, and I'm tired a lot, and I can't just do it all. It has, it has gained me a lot of just people that get it. And circling back to the, like, do you moderate your comments question? Like, I've struggled with figuring that out, too, because I'll tell you what. I post a short on YouTube, and I get, like, so many hate messages. Way yeah. more hate than I've ever gotten on a Twitch live stream. And part of that is because I'm just undiscovered on Twitch. They just don't know where I am. Like, you know, the viewer count is lower. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, there was this one, I think it was a Sunday, I posted some short about pronouns at, like, 10 in the morning. And four hours later, it had been viewed over 2,000 times in, like, a four-hour period. Like, the short just totally took off. And, like, there was, like, 30 hate comments. And I was like, holy bananas. Like, this is a lot to we- <laughs> to wade through. Like, yeah. So so I actually got, like, four to six of my mods that are usually doing, you know, Twitch and Discord stuff with me. I was like, I, I need help with YouTube right now. Like, everything is falling apart. <laughs> So we got in there and, you know, some of the people I would write back. And so I would like take their hate comment literally. So if they're making mm. a joke, like a, a, a transmissic joke, I would be like, oh, what do you mean by that? Or I would I would take them literally uh. and then answer in a way that educates them because I want other trans people coming along later, gender diverse people coming along later to see that mm. and be like, OK, like. Master's not just ignoring these comments, like they're right. actually engaging with them. But yeah. the ones that are just like telling me how terrible that I look, that are just personal attacks that have no educational value, I just delete those. And we actually mm. had to like come up with, we're, I think we're still in the process of this, but come up with a policy that was basically like, you know, here's, here's, uh, here's what we do and don't delete or keep. Because I agree with you that there is that there needs to be accountability, right? Mm-hmm. That it's valuable to have accountability and to have discourse about these topics when it's in good faith. But so often, especially in the shorts, I feel like people are just swiping through. And if you look at the analytics, it's like 90% are just people from looking through their shorts reels. So you, I'm getting everyone, right? I'm yeah. getting like cis bro, white cis man bro, <laughs> who's just here to watch like clips from people's gun shoot first person shooter games. And they're like, WTF is this like gender content in the middle of my Mm. gun clips? Like, you know, people don't, they're not looking for me. So then they get mad. Although sometimes I will tell the trolls like, thanks for commenting and engaging with my content. It helps more people see it. It's like the trolls are Thank accomplishing so the opposite of what they think they're I don't, I don't say that, but that is some of the, the you, feeling you, I you, get you for some really of loud. them, where it's like, ah, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. There's one video, like, it's the one that has the most views, and my makeup looks like crap in that mm. video, okay? Mm-hmm. I actually specifically say that at the beginning of the video and then people are like wow your makeup looks like crap and i was like oh thank you for pointing that out that's very helpful uh apparently you you missed the beginning of the video but thank you because yeah i didn't know that (laughs) do you you have recommendations for like some sort of tutorial or something i can have preferably on youtube thank you yes thank you yeah some some teaching moments are lost on people but yes i do agree with that you know this is great I'm, i'm glad that gender that you're able to give your experience of you know was it almost two years or nearly two years or over two years of your experience 
Oh, I mean, that YouTube short was just a few months ago, but... No, but your experience... I've been on Twitch for over two years. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a lot of autonomy and agency, but it also takes a lot of class. And I'm just thankful just hearing your story, how you really... Your true self really shines in those areas of conflict and crisis where you're able to engage and extract their pettiness out of them so that they can actually learn. Because at the end of the day, we want a decrease on petty behavior and mm-hmm. more about growth. Yeah. And sometimes you have to have those difficult conversations with people that just want to attack you all day. Yeah. You know? Yes, definitely. Okay. So where are we at? Do you have any other questions? Jitter? We're yeah, at 728 I, now. Yeah, we are. I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking about curiosity about how to, how to build a community or a portion of your community, Phelan, that's like, offline like how do you have Mm -hmm. how do you have a squad that shows up for you that's not when you're live because it's one thing to show up in someone's youtube comments it's another thing to like have an ongoing rapport and connection with folks Mm. and it sounds um, like discord is a great way to go i i do like that platform i don't i don't know how common it is for youtubers to have discord servers maybe it's common i don't know that's like that's Mm. a part of my content creation where i'm a little bit uneducated because i mean i've streamed i've i've live streamed youtube maybe like four times and I publish VODs over there, but I'm not, that's not my primary space that mm. I'm trying to grow in. So, you know, it's a, it's an area that I'm lacking some knowledge, but I do think, you know, a discord server is a powerful way to connect with others. You know, it's sort of like people talk about owning your mailing list, like, like Twitch and YouTube mm. can say a lot of things about what you can and can't say, and mm-hmm. they can decide, they can take your channel away. They can do all that stuff. But like owning your mailing list is a thing. So if your mailing list is a Discord server, a literal email list, like a physical mailing list, whatever, like mm-hmm. there's something as as a content creator in a world where you could get deplatformed, you could lose your social media like profile, whatever, like you lose all this content you've spent all this time making. And I don't think they give you a chance to back it up. They just nuke it. It's just gone. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in a world where like the laws are every day a new transphobic law is introduced, at least in the United States. I don't know what it's like in Japan, if you have anything to weigh in about what trans rights are like in Japan. (laughs) I'd be curious to hear about that. But but in a world where, especially right now, the huge, the Republican platform is primarily like, let's dunk on trans people and people with uteruses. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a stressful time to be in this country, be in this country. Yes. Down. <laughs> and figure I mean, some of that stuff stressful. out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but having like, having a discord server, having, you know, I have the phone numbers of some of my closest people. So if all else fails, I can send them a text or something, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like if, right. if somehow the server gets deleted or, discord radically changes their feelings about people i've i've almost never seen discord get rid of like someone's server but it's but it's it's much more of a micro community right it's not this big public everyone can get into it thing it's like a lot of servers are pretty private so anyway Mm -hmm. i just this value to having having that sort of community where you have each other and Mm -hmm. the folks that can deplatform you don't get to decide if you're in connection with each other yeah, I actually had to use Discourse. I took a, a class, a course at Sundance, uh, Sundance Institute in Salt Lake City. And we had, it was my second time using Discord. I use it for genderful, but now I now I have much more practice because I was using it a lot for the Sundance mm-hmm. class. But my question for you, Phelan, is any of the things that gender has said, are is any of this useful or helpful for you? 
Of course. Yeah. I really appreciate all of genderful or sorry, genders insights on all of that. I feel like I'm still not like my content a lot of times besides people that I know in real life doesn't get consistent viewership, I guess. More people come for a specific topic because I've mm-hmm. experimented with doing label focused videos. Yeah. And people come in and they're there to learn about that topic and then they disappear. And one thing I need to prioritize as a creator is that community building. And I just don't know how to go about it. Yeah. And the gender meowster discord and the whole community that they've built around themselves is just so amazing and so beautiful to me and I can only aspire to accomplish like such a feat because I have no idea how you've done that I know (laughs) you're trying to explain it but it's a lot of other people it's it's other people helping me Mm. so it really just starts with finding one other person who's invested enough in what you're up to that they want to help out so like Mirami mm-hmm. is my main Discord admin. So now I don't have to do all the admin. I don't have to learn how bots work. We can have bots, but I don't have to have all the knowledge in my head. I just have to know someone who knows how to do it. It's amazing. Mm. It's, so it's sort of amazing. like directing a film. It's like, I don't need to do the art production. I just right. have someone else do this thing where I need a spaceship thing. And then I go direct the film. So right. yes, yes. Oh my it's, it, takes, it takes a whole group of people to make something beautiful happen. You know, I wonder so, if in your in your descriptions of all your videos, you could start posting your Discord link or have it in a link tree that's posted, mm. you know, explicitly calling it out. People are more likely to follow it than if they have to do multiple links to get to there. But if folks, you know, you could you could you can still go back and edit the descriptions on all of your videos. And then maybe right. you in the future and upcoming content you add as sort of part of the end card. Like if you'd like to join the community on Discord to discuss this further, here's the URL in the about section or, or the, the description of the video, whatever. And then folks can, can join the server. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if you started mentioning that at the end of your videos as part of your sort of credits routine. Mm. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give that a try and actually like make a discord server situation. Gotta go learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, or you need to hear about it. How? <laughs> yeah, we'd love to follow up and hear about that. I'm going to try a couple different questions here. Sure. What are you working on right now that you're excited about? So I actually started a second channel and the oh. third, but a third and a second. Okay, <laughs> that right. sounds so exciting. I mentioned this at the most recent or on the most recent video about how we use labels, but I started a second channel called Label Makers, where people can talk about the identity labels that they use or why they don't use identity labels. So there's a podcast sort of, or not podcast, but like an interview interaction content aspect to that. In addition to like sort of deep dives into what different identity labels mean and how they've come to mean those things and how like it might be different than what we think based on what the word literally says. Okay. Uh, because I think it's really valuable to look at like where these words come from rather than just using them all willy nilly. And as somebody who uh, started in a like a place where I didn't know a lot of the context and I still don't know a lot of the context behind like how words came to be, 
like how we evolved from like transsexual into transgender and like those sorts of things. I think that's an important part of the conversation that we should be having, especially if we're going to be using the labels. Absolutely. And I actually, by watching Genderful, I was introduced to the podcast self. And it's a great show. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I love those folks. They're wonderful. Yeah. So seeing how different people use different terms and how like maybe people from like older generations react to the terms we use now or like think about how things have evolved. I really just was so moved by the power of the words that we use that we take for granted. And so that's the whole purpose of the second channel. Oh, that's fantastic. That's, yeah. This is fantastic. This is great. This is great. Thank <laughs> you for doing that. And then what is this sort of kind of third channel? All right. This, so this maybe channel. This maybe sort of kind of channel is called Akathamia. The idea behind this is to share my research journey because I did get accepted into a few PhD programs and ultimately ended up going to, I, I'm a stu- student candidate. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Auckland in New Zealand. And I'm in, thank you. Thanks. Do you I'm celebrate in, this? At some point. It, it's been over a year. I actually recently passed confirmation. I say recently. It's been, that happened in July. So I'm okay. officially a PhD candidate. My research has been approved. I, I get to go do real life things, maybe. Fantastic. If I ever get to New Zealand. We'll see. So right. that's why it's maybe a channel is I'm still waiting to hear back on my visa. I don't really know what my academic journey is going to look like, if I'll even be allowed to continue it, because at this point it's in the government's hands. And so, yeah, that's why it's maybe sort of kind of question mark a channel, but I am really excited about that. What I'm actually looking at is how LGBTQ plus inclusive education, sorry, inclusive schooling is happening in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Nice. Not not just like the policies in place and not just how they're implemented, but how even the like posters on the walls, the like pin on your book bag, how that all contributes to what LGBTQ plus inclusive education is, how it functions. Right. And I want to do that with video. I'm actually like thinking about maybe doing a documentary. So I'd love to talk to you about that experience because yeah. it's something I'm moving into. Uh, with very little experience, my I fell in love with video as a medium through YouTube mm-hmm. and being able to play with all sorts of things, like thinking about gender representation. I did a non-binary video a while back where I took the Cerebro from X-Men and mm-hmm. called it MB-Bro and then used non-like they're human, but it's more like the silhouette of a human to mm-hmm. look at different identities. So it's not so much how does a person look and trying to read the gender off of that mm-hmm. as it is like they their experience defines what their gender is. Mm-hmm. And I could only do that because we can do so much with video that right. is like so difficult in other mediums. So I mm-hmm. am really leaning towards becoming like a filmmaking researcher. Great. I dropped yeah. my email in the chat. Thank you. Cause yes. I have so much to learn. <laughs> I, I'd be happy to help anyway. Just let me know. Wonderful. 
Okay. Other questions. Yeah. Has being public with your identity affected your relationship? To- we covered that actually. Yeah. Any surprising or funny stories you can share related to running your YouTube channel? I think we talked about it earlier to make sure it was saved and we all agreed that it was safe. So let's let it out. So <laughs> the funniest experience I've had came through comments and we've already touched on how comments can be such a minefield to mm-hmm. navigate. Mm-hmm. I have loved that it has like my comment sections especially on label oriented videos have been a place of like learning and conversation about like this is my experience and what do you mm-hmm. think this means for my identity while i encourage people to really like do your research on your own and define it for yourself don't put that like don't let people put that on you mm-hmm. because it's way more empowering if you go and like find it for yourself and really That's resonate right. with the identity That's right but I had somebody come into the, I think it's the bi-pan poly omnisexual video that I made. And mm-hmm. they asked, I am a woman and I am attracted to gay men and straight men. So what am I? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know your experience. I don't know if like this, like what that means for you exactly but it sounds like maybe you're straight though yes <laughs> i don't know i mean i don't know either that's it sounds like <laughs> this individual is on their journey as they should be and they get to figure it out for themselves yeah. and yeah. and that's you know it's beautiful actually because at least they're willing to question yes think their about attraction it. yeah and to think about it you know and so uh you know, everybody is different strokes for folks, everybody. And uh, that's why it's important, you know, to not cancel bisexuals or cancel, you know, people that identify as, you know, trans masculine femme, you know, like I, I recently read something, it was a, a question in a, in a server thing, I think it was fandom. And uh, this individual said, you know, I'm trans masculine, can I still be a lesbian? And, you know, people were like, no, actually, technically, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I jumped on and I said, you know, you can be whatever you want to be all in caps mm-hmm. and you don't have to yes. adhere to floating textbook definitions of who right. you are. Yeah. And that's, that's um, imperative. It's so important. Another video I made early on for Queer to Help was about they, them, he, him, lesbians, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's valid because people do or use different pronouns for different reasons. And so just let people do what they want they or want need to, to do. Right. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very much my you know, it's, position. It's, it's, it's interesting because I keep thinking about like what I've been saying for the last like nearly two years. It's about you, but it's not about you. And when you can discern the difference, you're mm-hmm. well on your way. And that's that's really it. That's all I could think of. There are some concluding questions, gender. Would you like there's, to jump in? There's like three other questions also. We're getting AMA questions from the chat. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I can't see that. Can you t- can you ask those questions? Yeah, I can. Um, Thank you. Sorry that I've been fighting with all the technology so hard today. It's above we appreciate all the work you're doing. Yes, we appreciate you. So it's all good. So we have a, a question from the chat. I'll start with that one. So Melody asks, do you ever get any flack for having the word queer in your channel name from folks who still see queer as a slur? Also, is that a reason that YouTube might be demonetizing you because they don't like that word either and it appears in your channel name? Oh, I'm actually not sure about that. I don't have enough watch hours to be monetized. Yeah. That's why I don't 
make any money right now. But I haven't caught any flack on the channel for that. When I was researching a video about queer incarceration, I went to a social Facebook group and asked about it, whether or not people had resources for queer incarceration. And I caught so much flack then because they were like, how dare you use that term? I'm like, wait, 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 wait. It's, wow. not, it's not even like that, guys. Like, wow. I'm here as somebody who thinks that we need to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not using this as an offensive in an offensive way. I right. actually like identify as queer now mm-hmm. because for me it's simpler to just accept that I don't need to fit in a box. So mm-hmm. no boxes, thank you. Yeah. So no, I haven't actually caught any flack or sorry, any flack for the channel name yet. I do think that I've been in situations where I went on a channel or like a live stream where I was asking for advice and wasn't called on because queer is in the channel name and people might feel uncomfortable saying it. Uh I think that might be a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. I don't have a hundred percent proof, but it seems like that may be the case. And I hadn't really thought about it on a monetization like level. So thanks for pointing that out. Melody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next, the next question, this one's from me actually, is can you, can you tell us about some of your videos? So you've made videos about identifiers in, in some cases. Yes. And you and Mm -hmm. I personally have talked about what videos surprised you the most. Like, wow, that's the one that got all the attention. Why? And like all of that. So I'm just curious if you tell us a little bit more in depth about your content. If someone is like hearing this interview and wants to check you out, where, where should they start? Was there some yeah. favorite videos of yours that maybe are not your most popular videos, according to viewers, but it's like your personal favorites, those kind of things. T- tell us about your children. brain. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, again, like the idea behind the channel was to do like a topic. So at the beginning of a month, make a video about one of the issues facing the community. So I did one on like queer homelessness and another one on queer incarceration and LGBTQ plus inclusive education. And then for the following weeks for that month, I would cover a an MPO or an NGO that addresses that in various areas. And I had so much fun learning about what's out there because we do have so many resources and so much help available to us. And it's just not talked about enough. It's not easy to access. There's not a specific place to go to look for it. And so I enjoyed making a lot of that content. And you, one of the organizations, History Unerased, is an organization that works on bringing LGBTQ plus inclusive education into schools in the US at least. And they reached out to me after seeing my video because they were so surprised and excited to see that I had gone like so much in depth. They reached out and said that they, it sounded like I was there when they were creating it because of how I represented their mission and their approach. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I got to have a one-on-one with one of the founders of the organization to like really see what they're doing. And it was so cool and exciting. That's fantastic. Um, Do you, do you remember the, the number and the name of that particular show for our viewers? So they can, uh, it's history unerased. It, the name of the organization is 
basically the title. Okay. But that that one went pretty well, I guess. It was the first one to actually spike. It only has like a couple hundred views, I think. But at the time when I made it, that was a mm-hmm. lot for me. Yes. So that yes. was really exciting. And then my most recent video is something I'm really proud of because it that and the homosexual persecution during the Holocaust video that I made for January to honor Holocaust Remembrance Day. Mm-hmm. I did a brief documentary this year and then to like look at how that happened and why it's more like it affected gay men more than it affected like lesbians for example mm-hmm. and that was I'm I'm enjoying that content more than the label based content as it's functioning on where to help right now personally okay all right that's this is all fantastic I have one question here I got the I got the server questions what oh, cool. topics we just covered it what topics get more engagement than you thought yeah what topics got more engagement than you thought oh my goodness boy do the label content like the identity-based content gets so much more engagement so many more views and it makes perfect sense I totally understand why that happened Mm-hmm. I wish it were not necessarily the case because I think that the political issues, like I did one on housing discrimination that queer people face, like mm-hmm. I want those kinds of things to do better, but I understand why they don't see the same views as the, like, what is bisexuality content? Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, gender. I just got your message. Okay. What would you like to do next, gender? Is there, is there anything else feeling about like your content specifically or even about your gender history that we haven't already talked about that you'd like to make sure we touch on before we wrap up today yes if it's okay yeah please I, <laughs> yes i have a bone to pick i guess with this idea that identity is a stable static thing <laughs> can we please talk about that thank you yeah i i <laughs> this course Yes, because I I think it's a problem that there's such an emphasis for especially like as a trans person to come to like a doctor's office and to say, oh, I've always identified as this thing. And so please give me the medicine so that I can become that thing where Mm -hmm. like it's fine if that's not always the case. Like you change as a person. We learn and grow so much as Mm -hmm. people that it's ridiculous to me that we would assume that you needed to always have been anything. Uh, I am also bothered by the like phase conversation. Like it's not just a phase, totally. Like for a lot of people, it's not just a phase, but for some people it is. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that's a problem. Like if it's something you need to experience, you're a changing person. That's right. Experience it. I mean, you're not a monolith. Right. That's right. We say that. So mm-hmm. just go and live and try the things. Like, take risks. Like, really look at who you are. Mm-hmm. Nobody needed my advice, but <laughs> this is how I feel. But it's it's true, though. I mean, I've been on that journey for two and a half years with therapy. Was like, you know, like I'm going to turn 52, hopefully, in a few weeks. And, <laughs> you know, like tomorrow's not promised. So I'm just like, you know, this I got up this morning. It's, it's great. It's a stressful day, but I did get up. And so my plan is to get up tomorrow morning. But like, you know, like I had to go through that as well. And not just around gender, but just around who I am as a yes. spiritual person. 
you know, and, you know, I'm not just transitioning genders, I'm transitioning spiritually. And also I don't feel because I say that spiritually, it's like, I'm not transitioning. I'm just going home to my natural habitat as a spirit. And once I start to think about that, then I realize, you know, and support in order to transition, you just have to say it. You don't need the hormones. You don't need the surgery. And some people can't do the hormones and some people can't afford the surgery, you know, and they live in states or countries that they can't have this access. But does that right. make them any less trans? Does that make them any less important or valuable? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yes. So I just needed to get that off of my chest. Thank you for creating that space to talk about it because Absolutely. really thanks for sharing that, that we appreciate it i do at least yes yes what has been your experience with gender euphoria i love this question me too okay so as i mentioned before my relationship to my gender is apparent in my hair <laughs> just okay so, so that's not gender euphoria I'm, I'm getting there. So okay. Okay. when I came out as non-binary, I went and got half my head shaved, like all the way down. Ooh. And that, like, I don't even care how it looked to other people. So much euphoria in that moment. I felt so much joy. Like it's so, so freeing. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, the other, I don't know. I feel like it's so representative of my gender experience because in the process of doing that, the hairstylist was like, are you sure you want it this short? Are you sure you want it like up to there? Are you sure this is a good idea? And here, listen, okay, <laughs> listen. My husband takes me to the hairstylist here and mm -hmm. I was recommended this person because they will do what you want. Like right. they will cut it down short enough. That's a problem here where they will decide that it's not feminine enough. And so oh, they wow. will cut it all the way down. Oh, that's whatever. So I go to this person and he's done a great job both times, but both times he's also specifically asked my, my cis male partner, is it okay that she cuts her hair like that? Is that okay? Cause it's Are a you cultural fine with thing. It? Right. Yeah. And so it's still just like, whoa, <laughs> like, all right. So we're, we're going to get I, you to New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. It's been such an interesting experience and I've been very, very fortunate to have a partner even before I came out as trans. He said to me one day, I would love you even if you were a man. And I thought that was the weirdest comment at the time. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> like nobody asked you to like what? And then I, I did. So there's that. And he's, <laughs> delightful he's the cat human more than anything we actually talked about his gender yesterday and i was like have you like thought any more about it and not that i'm like pressuring him to do anything i'm just like because he feels very nonchalant about the whole thing mm -hmm. about gender and so or about he was like i don't know cat, cat. cat person seems fine <laughs> cat person okay alter okay. humans are real we had we did a whole episode about yes, alter humanity I saw, yeah. alter humanity there you go yeah, it's a real thing yeah. Uh, what would you like to make sure the folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary trans issues? Yeah, I mean, mostly I covered that in the like a face, not a face, doesn't really matter bit. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm gonna get mushy for a second. We 
I, I don't know why I decided I'm speaking for us now. I want you all to just be you. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about it. If having a word to describe your experience works for you, great. If it mm-hmm. doesn't, also great. Like, yeah. let's all put down our words. We don't need to slap anything on anybody. Just let everyone live and like love and support each other as that. And that's not like specifically a gender, like trans issue statement. That's like across the board. I think that's a human statement. Yeah. I think we should definitely work harder to really just love and honor each other rather than Mm -hmm. trying to make anyone fit into anything. Yeah. Boxes are for shoes. And even then be free of your shoes. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) free the souls. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. So I think I wish I had had more of that support. And so that's (laughs) what I want to put out into the community more is just that we all deserve to be loved for exactly who we are as turbulent or difficult as that might be. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like we do love, I don't know why I'm we again. I do love and care about people, even the ones I haven't met yet, because whether I've met you or engaged with you or not, you've had an impact on my life because that's how being a living thing works. And that's right. your presence or absence from my life is also affecting me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just want everyone to be like conscious of how we can love and support each other. Yeah. I don't know if that addressed anything near that question no it, it did I, <laughs> I just finished a film that gender saw it's called ordinary and it's a great it's film. it's a thank you thank Send you i will love to, i would love to do that and maybe we could just you know what i i think i'll just make it available for anyone who's on the show right now that's watching mm-hmm. i'll have a gender put it in chat but it's it basically addresses what you're talking about it's a short version of my feature documentary beautiful boy which is in production now mm-hmm. and that's what i was taking the sundance class for which i would highly recommend for you as well they do have yeah. scholarships and that kind of thing but yeah that's basically what my film talks about it's just you know I had been labeled so many things and at the same time, not enough of any of these labels. And it's because I, I'm not supposed to be labeled by anybody else. And if I choose to change my labels from moment to moment, that's of, you know, my own discretion. So, Definitely. so yeah. Atlas, if Phelan wanted to interview you for their new label makers show, would you be on it? I'm Please? already on it. It's already Woo! been manifested. Yes. <laughs> so now you have at least two guests. At least sorry, two that guests. was too loud. No, okay. what, what was too loud? <laughs> no, I'm you, sorry just... if yelling was too loud. I don't know. Oh. No, noise, I still had headphones can- on. We're still the good. Noise <laughs> the noise canceling works. The noise canceling works. Ah, great, great, great. <laughs> on barks and my screams. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we love trans joy around here. It's all good. <laughs> all right, gender. I'm gonna put the website for the film in your in chat here. It's in Google Chat, awesome. and then I'm gonna put the password uh, as well. To- do you want me to put it in the Twitch chat as well? I don't have Twitch up. So. No, I, I can put it in the Twitch chat. Oh, yes. You just I'm sorry. I'm still new. Me, so it's all good. <laughs> it's still a new gig for me. Yes, please put it on the Twitch thing. Yes, thank you. All right, y'all. Here's Atlas's film. Special, special access. Yes. It's, it's a wonderful film, y'all. Especially thank if you're you. looking at like trans masculinizing surgeries and what that journey is like. Atlas talks about mm-hmm so many things my favorite thing is your name for your your incoming genitals. Valitude. 
Yes. Phallitude. Yes. My phallitude. Yes. It's cerebral. That's what's up. That's what's up. You want to tell us the name? Yes. It's called ordinary. And it's not something that you're going to wash dishes to. You literally need to sit down for 11 minutes and 42 seconds and watch it. Otherwise, you'll miss it. I sat on my bed and just stared at my phone watching it the whole time. Yes. Yes. And that's how you should watch it. So. Um, yes. I meant the name of your genitals that you mentioned in the film because you have a great Oh, no, name. I want people to watch the All film right. and find <laughs> out. It's a big <laughs> mystery. It yes. looks, it, and the visual I'm going to get t-shirts made. You, please do. The visual effects yes. that go with the unveiling in the film are top tier chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> I've been chef's kissed? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so fabulously celebratory of your gender wonderfulness and I wanted to cry. It was so good. Oh my God. Thank you. That, that means a lot to me. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that movie was going to land and I've it only had great. one person that was just like, oh, I've seen you do much better work, but like I've known her for 30 years and so I just said, uh, you know, I love you and I respectfully disagree with you. It's the best <laughs> thing I've ever made, but I still love you and we're still, you're still going to, you know, we're still going to be each other's lives. And Yeah, you, you know. can sit down with the other interior critics in my mind over here. <laughs> I mean, a chorus of criticism in my brain. I mean, that's it. It's just like I I showed it to a bunch of different friends and, you know, and it's not like paraphrasing, but there's a friend that called it a masterpiece, another friend that called it a a beautiful work of art. And, you know, that was more than I could have ever uh, asked for. I just wanted to make something that was originally for a play that turned into a film because I got COVID Mm -hmm. could be in the play. So, yeah, so it's it's available. And that's really about it. Lovely. Yeah. So it was wonderful having you on the show, Phelan. It was, it was great so to meet great you. Talking to you both. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yes, I learned really an awful lot fun. today. Yes. Absolutely. Pure time. Pure wonderful. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's take a moment to promote Phelan. Phelan stuff. So as a reminder, y'all, Phelan who uses they, them pronouns, is the creator behind Queer to Help YouTube channel. They are a passionate researcher and activist. If you haven't picked up on that yet, then you might have fallen asleep during the episode. But (laughs) I just dropped the YouTube link to their primary channel in the chat. We're going to make sure that we include links to the other two newer channels. Mm. Maybe the third one will exist by the time this gets published on Friday. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, work on it. We'll include include links in the show notes on YouTube and on podcasting platforms for those. There's also, I'll drop the Instagram and Twitter links here in the chat as well for folks. If you want to go drop some follows, you know what to do. Anything else you want to make sure you promote before I do the formal show closing? Not off the top of my head. I'm sorry. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Okay. So a lot of the resources we mentioned, I've been trying to furiously take notes and talk more after stream to get the rest of them written down. But there will be resources in the about section in the YouTube video. So everyone, next week's guest is C. Clark. He uses she, her pronouns. We're going to be discussing gender and science fiction. For now, Genderful would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. Feel free mm-hmm. to join us live on Twitch on Mondays, check out the replays on YouTube on Fridays, and keep an eye on your favorite podcasting platforms for edited audio-only versions. As my sweet Nefer Kitty likes to say, trans rights are human rights. That's right.